Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Violation. Nothing personal. Word of the day, Tuesday, September 14th. The word of the day is violation. I think it's a violation to represent yourself. Here's one little word of advice to everyone out there. If you ever get in trouble, call a lawyer. If you ever negotiate a contract, if you ever buy a house, you need a real estate lawyer. If you ever getting married, you want a prenup, getting divorced. If you're ever buying a company, if you're ever signing any sort of endorsement deal, whatever it is you're doing during the course of the day, you may not like lawyers. I like lawyers. I am a lawyer. Lawyers have a job and their job is to think about the worst possible things that can happen, no matter how unlikely, and then protect you once those unlikely things happen. And as the client, and I've been a client my whole life, even as a lawyer, I didn't practice. I've always been a client. I was in charge of the business decisions. The lawyer would present me with one side, the other, all of the possible issues that could happen. And then he would say, hey, you're the business person. Decide what means something to you. Sort of rank your issues. You go through an issues list and you talk about what you're going to give in on, what you're not going to give in on. Criminally, it's not even a question. Anybody accused of a crime who goes to court without a lawyer and everybody has access to a lawyer, even if you don't have a penny, you get access to a lawyer. Then you're just downright ignorant and stupid and you get what you deserve. And that's not harsh. That's true. Players. And I've talked about agents for 444 episodes. Four, four, four. I'm not a big agent guy. And the reason I'm not a huge fan of agents is that I have to deal with them every day and they are representing their clients. They are trying to test the limits of the document that is called the collective bargaining agreement. They are paying attention to every little right that a player has. They're trying to get more rights for the players and they're not interested in the success of the team, which is my sole goal as president, they're interested in the success of their player. But agents have a role. They get paid 5%. So if you sign a $5 million deal, you're going to get basically $250,000. That's going to be your commission roughly. You can negotiate 3%, 4%. And the role of an agent is to not just speak to other teams when you're a free agent. That's sort of minor because anybody knows that when you're a free agent and a team wants you, a team is going to call on that player, call on that player's agent. 
There are a few owners who get calls from agents and they're told, hey, this guy would be great for your team. Oh, I never thought of that. Let me speak to my guys. Ah, forget it. I'm not going to speak to my guys. I'm just going to make the decision. I want your guy. So agents sometimes make outgoing calls. But the most important thing that agents do when players are older is the language of the contract, the guaranteed language of the contract. Football, as you know, contracts are not guaranteed other than the guaranteed portion. Baseball, all contracts, all amount, every amount is guaranteed. But there's language. And the language talks about you get your money except when blank. Except when you are convicted of a felony. We try to get in there accused of a misdemeanor. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. You get your money except if you go skydiving or driving on your farm chasing pigs around. That's the cesspitous guaranteed language, if you remember what happened to him and why he had to renegotiate his contract because he violated the guarantee provision. So there are guarantee provisions and they're very legal. You negotiate them, you go back and forth. There's some players who would say, I don't need an agent to give 5% to when I'm going to be a free agent because I'm the best pitcher or I'm the best position player, or I know that I'm going to get a big contract. So instead, I'm just going to hire a lawyer and pay the lawyer hourly. No problem. I used to love when players would want lawyers because the lawyers who are not agents are not experienced in the world of representing players. They're not certified by the Players Association to represent players. Agents have to be certified by each Players Association, whether it's NFL or NBA or NHL or MLB. And so I always felt I had the advantage negotiating with a lawyer. But I understand if you want to pay only hourly to your agent or to your lawyer. I get that. What I don't understand is when a young player doesn't have an agent, and that is extraordinarily rare. Young players need agents for more than just the guaranteed language. Young, really young, like minor league players, they need agents because actually they help the player sometimes with housing. They help the player with equipment. They help the player with emotional support, psychological, physical support. And that's why I said being an agent is so difficult because you invest money in young players in baseball. And when they're about to make money, sometimes they leave you and you get you get poached. And all of a sudden you don't get the payday that you were expected to get when you are investing in the young player. So agents are critical for young players, old players. We can make the argument in football. It is shocking to me, if not a violation. That the starting quarterback for last night's Monday Night Football game, did you watch the Ravens lose to the Raiders 33-27 in overtime? An absolutely cockamamie game. Ridiculous play by the Ravens to allow the game to even get into overtime. Raiders should have won in overtime, and they eventually walked off. What a strange rule, right? That if you have to score a touchdown when you are the first person to have the ball in the NFL. And so the Raiders could have just kicked a field goal in the old days last night, and they would have won the game immediately, 30 to 27, but they had to go for the touchdown because if you only score a field goal, then the Ravens come down, and if they score a touchdown in overtime, then they would have beaten you. So you go for the touchdown, throw the interception, and you end up winning anyway. But I'm watching Lamar Jackson, and I'm thinking to myself, 
What's wrong with you? Just tell me. So Lamar Jackson has no agent. And he said, I can't focus on my next contract. And he has one more year left in his deal. So in 2023, he'll be an unrestricted free agent. And he said, I have no agent. I'm too, quote unquote, immersed in football. Immersed to even think about my second contract. Think about money. Really? I guess that makes you the only player I've ever heard of who is so immersed in playing the game that you don't have time to think about contract. Now, how much time do you need when you have an agent? Here's how it works. Hey, oh, my phone's ringing. I can't, can't pick up the phone. You know why? Because I'm studying the playbook. Hey, phone's ringing. I cannot pick up the phone. I'm napping. Getting ready. Hey, I can't pick up the phone. I'm at practice. Hey, I cannot pick up the phone because I'm in the clubhouse with my guys, my teammates. I've seen baseball players pick up the phone from their agent no matter where they are. 35,000 feet. Hello? What do we got? You're telling me Lamar Jackson's busy 24 hours a day, seven days a week, that he cannot get involved in his future and his second contract, and we're supposed to be complimenting him? I'm not complimenting him. I'm questioning him. What time commitment do players need when they have an agent to deal with the reality of a new contract? Nothing. You field offers when you're an unrestricted free agent, or you just look at a document on your phone where your agent says, hey, we're going to go to the Ravens. We're going to tell them we want an extension right now. We want more guaranteed money than Josh Allen, and we deserve that. And here's what I think you'll get and what you'll sign for. We're looking at a four-year deal with $192 million guaranteed because we slot you under Mahomes, over Allen, under Allen, whatever it is. Can't even keep track of the NFL guarantees they're giving to quarterbacks. You're talking about the best rushing quarterback in history. You're talking about a quarterback that the Ravens are married to. You're talking about a quarterback that the Ravens will not want to get rid of, regardless of who's injured, how badly they play this year, et cetera. And this is the time when you have leverage. That's why all these players are getting all these deals that are holding out with only one year left or in the last year. I don't remember talking about Deshaun Watson, but in general, players who say, I'm not going to play, get me a new deal. What's the name of that Dolphins guy? who got the new deal. He wasn't going to be a free agent. He was in the last year of his deal. I, well, I can't remember, but I think it started with an X. It could have been Xavier Howard. Was it really unbelievable, Coca? So you could pull a Xavier Howard. You don't need much time if you have an agent. Eh, what's the difference? It's a violation, Lamar. Doesn't he have anybody helping him? Anybody? If I'm the president of the Ravens, by the way, I'm doing the Snoopy dance. My tail is wiggling. We got a live one, folks. NFL season has officially started. Week one is officially over. Teams are excited who are 1-0, despondent who are 0-1. One of the best cities in the country is Denver, not just because you can get seven-eighths baked just by walking out of your house. It's just beautiful in the winter. It's beautiful in the summer. They love their Broncos. Love their Broncos. Word came out yesterday, the Broncos are going to be sold. I've told you that for quite a while here on Nothing Personal. I also told you that Jeff Bezos is going to own an NFL team prior to 2022 season. That was a wait to see where I say something's going to happen. If it does, I revisit it. If it doesn't, I revisit it. 
And I stick to my wait to see on Jeff Bezos. So the article came out that Jay-Z wants to buy the Broncos. Jeff Bezos wants to buy the Broncos. And the team could fetch the most of any team ever sold. Not one. Say it with me. Not two. Not three. Four billion dollars. I just put my pinky to my mustache if you're listening to this and not watching on the Nothing Personal YouTube channel. I don't know how to get more subscribers on YouTube. Just, it's this show, but you just get to see my face. Nothing Personal with David Sampson on the YouTube channel. So the Broncos, are they worth more than any other team that's ever been sold? Yeah, because the Yankees haven't been sold. The Cowboys haven't been sold. A bunch of other Barely any NFL teams recently have been sold. The reason they're being sold is Pat Boland died, the owner of the Broncos, and his family is fighting. It makes me crazy reading about that and thinking about kids of rich parents fighting over money. I can't stand it. It's not like there's not enough for everybody. Family's family. Siblings are siblings. Can you imagine suing your own sibling or fighting with your own sibling? And this is not the first story that you've heard where siblings are fighting. So I was trying to ponder Jeff Bezos buying a team. And the reason why I had him as a wait to see is that in case you're not paying attention, and I think you are, Jeff Bezos has a plan. And the plan does not involve zero G. The plan does not involve Richard Branson. The plan involves you becoming an Amazon Prime member. The plan involves you spending money on Ziploc bags instead of going to the corner grocery store, unless, of course, it's Whole Foods. The plan involves you watching movies on Amazon Prime, buying goods on Amazon Prime. And part of that plan is for him to have his tentacles into all sorts of businesses, like flying eventually his goods, not using UPS or FedEx, having his own distribution network. There's no more big box retail, right? You're not going to Home Depot. You're going online at Home Depot, mostly. Barely going to Walmart. You're going online. Eventually, you don't go to a bookstore. You buy books on Amazon. That's the end of Barnes & Noble and corner bookstores. You really don't need a grocery store anymore because it'll come right to you. If Jeff Bezos has his way, There's actually no reason to go to a sporting event anymore because he's going to bring it to you in a way with technology on a screen with options that'll make what you did yesterday with Eli and Peyton Manning look like child's play. The interactive nature of watching sports, look for it. And I don't, I'm not talking about the visual 4D, 3D where you're wearing big goggles and it's like you're in the huddle. You're not going to need any of that going forward. Maybe you will be actually in the huddle. But Jeff Bezos can spend $4 billion because of you. Every time we buy something on Amazon, we are giving him money. And the reason we don't care is that he's giving us convenience. And that is the capitalist way. We are a capitalist society. I will pay for someone to do something to make my life easier. I will pay for someone to do something that I cannot do myself. I cannot snap my fingers and have a pair of running shoes on my front step in 24 hours. 
I have to get in the car. I got to go to a store. I got to get out of the store. I got to see if they have my size. Yada, yada, yada. It's done. We're all homebodies now. So Jeff Bezos takes $4 billion, which is the equivalent I read online yesterday, given his current net worth, given the stock price of Amazon, even post-divorce. It's like you and I spending $2,000 to buy a team. No matter what your salary is, if you were making $35,000, $70,000, $500,000, or $2 million a year, and someone said, hey, would you buy a football team for a grand, two grand, three grand? You'd find a way to make it happen. You wouldn't think about the taxes. You wouldn't think about running the team and the operation. You'd say, oh, my God, I'm in. So Jeff Bezos, the reason why it makes sense for him to own a team is that it is yet another way for him to insert himself a business that matters because the business of the NFL matters. As you know, he is buying content to show on Amazon. Night football is on Amazon. The future of football could very easily be the end of CBS, NBC, and ESN. It is possible that Amazon could have the exclusive right to show games and they would simply be able to outbid all three major networks, no matter how much streaming they're trying with Peacock and ESPN Plus and Paramount Plus, et cetera, et cetera. The buying power, the purchasing power that is generated by the stock price, by the actual cash that Jeff will build and not just disappear onto a yacht somewhere. I am readily, easily, easily ready to admit, as you are, that the reason why we're not Jeff Bezos, we don't have his ability to forecast the future. We don't have his ability to understand how to capitalize on the general public and our needs, our laziness, our purchasing habits. We don't have the ability to scale a business internationally. That's normal. We are normal. He is not. If you're a Broncos fan, how excited are you that Jeff Bezos may be behind your team? By the way, anyone else bidding for the Broncos? If Jeff Bezos wants the team, he's getting it. Jay-Z, you can combine your money. Bring in Beyonce. Bring in Jeter. No, that doesn't matter. He doesn't have money. Um, bring in Jordan. How about that? Bring in Nadal Federer. Bring in Mahomes doesn't matter. doesn't matter. Elway? Nope. You could bring in Pat Boland's children once they get the $4 billion to be limited partners. My point is, there's no one who can compete with Jeff Bezos. So when he makes a declaration that he wants a team, everyone else is just a stalking horse. So here's my plan if I'm the attorney representing Pat Boland's children. I'm going to get a leak out there that Jay-Z wants to buy the team. And I'm going to prove that he's got the financing to do it. And I'm going to go to Bezos and say, hey, you want the team? It is $4 billion. It's 4.1 because Jay-Z has four and I'm selling to the highest bidder. As a, even if it's not true, it doesn't matter. Sorry, Derek. It was never true. If you don't get that, then you are new to nothing personal. And that's okay. Welcome to the show. If you're a Broncos fan, it doesn't much matter that Bowen's going to buy your team. 
uh, excuse me, that Bezos is going to buy your team. It's not like he can have a payroll of a billion dollars. It's not like when Steve Cohn bought the Mets and you thought, hey, he's going to run the payroll up to $300 million. He's worth $14 billion. Hip, hip, hooray. There's a salary cap in football. No matter how hard you try to avoid it, there is a limit. You can circumvent it. You can hire people to circumvent it. But there's a limit. So frankly, being worth $600 billion, $200 billion, $15 billion, $800 million, $200 million, or in the case of us spending two grand on a team worth $100,000, it doesn't much matter. Your payroll is going to be about the same. So what's going to happen? Jeff Bezos is going to buy a football team. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Toronto Blue Jays Shohei Otani and Vladimir Guerrero. I can't wait to have this MVP discussion. If you're not watching baseball right now, I don't know why. We got three weeks left in the season, amazing wild card races. And what Vladimir Guerrero is doing with the Blue Jays, Jr., is unreal. We're going to talk about it when we come back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. Thank you for making it through the gauntlet. Thank you for rating, reviewing, following. I need you to tell your friends we're fading. They're going to take us off the air if we don't build the audience. No, I'm just kidding. Maybe I'm not just kidding. Coca said we're in trouble. He didn't say that. I'm not saying that. Thank you for listening. Follow, rate, tell your friends. Get on YouTube. We get to watch a movie every day. I am a movie sucker. I watch movies every day, TV shows. I'm in the middle. I keep a list of what I've watched and what I'm watching. I mean, the list goes forever. I mean, it's, I don't know if you can see that. Can you see that up close? I mean, it's, it's, I write down every movie I've seen. And I started that. I don't remember what day I started that. But the first one I wrote down was the way we were. That's funny. I don't know what day I created that. The Tourist was the one of the top five. What a terrible movie with Johnny Depp. So I turn on the TV after a show, and it's part of my work. I finish taping Nothing Personal. I take off my blazer. I take off my shirt, and I put on a T-shirt because I'm wearing shorts right now. And I go down, and I put on a movie. And then I start thinking about the next day's show. And... All the algorithms that Netflix and Amazon and everyone uses, which freak me out, but I love them. I don't give them any indication when they say, did you watch this movie? How do you rate this movie? Are you enjoying this movie? If you like this movie, you will like that movie or that movie. I don't want to get taken over in that way, mentally. I don't mind the convenience that Bezos provides. That's not earlier in the show. I told you that, but I don't want to be directed to a movie. I want to watch what's trending, except I realize that Netflix sort of says what's trending, even if it's not trending. And then it becomes trending like a self-fulfilling prophecy because people say it's trending. I better watch it. I'll take suggestions from you. But one thing that I love 
are movie musicals. I do. I can't wait to watch Come From Away. I went to see that play. It's now on Disney Plus. I think they filmed the play, the musical, much like they did Hamilton. So I'm going to watch that. But any movie musical, you know, Moulin Rouge is in my top five, I think, of my top 100. So I turn on the TV yesterday or the day before, I can't remember when. And there was top streaming movie, Cinderella. And it says Idina Menzel, who I love. She was in Wicked, Frozen. She's the one who John Travolta said her name during the Oscars and called her like Hakuna Matata or something and claimed that he just read it wrong. So I figured this is amazing. I have great interest. Pierce Brosnan is singing like Mamma Mia. It's not like watching Russell Crowe sing in Les Mis, which was an absolute disaster. A disaster. Pierce Brosnan's fine. Although I think about him as James Bond, and I think about him singing. I'm in. I'm in. Ooh, the new James Bond movie must be coming out soon. So I turn on Cinderella. I've never heard of the lead actress who plays Cinderella. Idina Menzel plays the stepmother. Pierce Brosnan plays the king. Some kid plays the prince who's looking for a wife and he wants to, he's told he's got to get married. It sort of reminded me of Atalanta from Free to Be You and Me. If you don't know what that is, please go download and buy Free to Be You and Me and say to yourself, how did Marlo Thomas in the 1970s know what we were going to need to hear in the 2020s? So he's trying to find a wife and it's got to be a rich wife, but then it's not. It's like Bridgerton, but not. To make a long story short, James Corden makes an appearance as a rat who turns into a rat at midnight and then he's a person. I guess that's part of the show, Cinderella. It was bad. So bad. I don't know what else to say about it. I didn't like the singing. I didn't like the story, even though it's the story of Cinderella. I didn't like they tried to do a Moulin Rouge type thing where they took modern day songs and tried to make them into Cinderella. There will never be another Baz Luhrmann. There will never be another person who can make a movie by taking modern day songs and putting them into a story like he did in Moulin Rouge. I'm going to save you an hour and a half of your life and tell you that Cinderella is a hard pass. And I'm gonna spoil it for you. Eventually the prince and Cinderella end up together and then they're singing and dancing. And there is a slipper, it is glass, and it doesn't matter who it fits. Who's gonna get the glass slipper? How's that for a transition, Coca? Someone's getting the glass slipper in MLB. We're starting the playoffs here in October. Coming up soon, we are mid-September already. We're halfway done with the final month of the regular season. There was one thing that was as sure as the sunset. And you know how sure the sunset is. You know my view about sunrise and sunset. It's a guarantee. And no matter how crappy your day has been, no matter how upset you are, no matter what a tough day you had at work, tomorrow the sun will rise. It's a new start. Tomorrow's another day. Shohei Otani was a mortal lock to win the MVP. It was not even a race that was worth discussing in the American League. You're talking about a guy who's pitched, he's hit, he was leading the league in home runs, and he was a starting pitcher for 
a team that stinks, the Anaheim Angels. Mike Trout's been hurt. Anthony Rendon's been hurt and mediocre. They have no other pitching to speak of. Otani pitches once a week at most. He DHs the rest of the time. And the Angels, shockingly, will spend another October doing what you and I are doing, which is watching baseball. Another year of Mike Trout, another year of Otani, another year of Anthony Rendon wasted. But Otani was the most valuable player. I went on radio in Canada with my friends there on a show called Writer's Block. Huh. Doesn't CBS have a show called Writer's Block? Except I think that the the Canadian show is W-R-I-T-E-R. And I think the CBS one is R-E-I-T-E-R. Interesting. Anyway, I'm not confused by it. You shouldn't be. And I said, if Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has a good September and the Blue Jays make the playoffs, he has a really good chance of winning the MVP. And I said this in August. I was laughed off the radio. It's done. Otani's the winner. Will Middlebrooks. Love you, man. Laughed off the radio, laughed off Twitter. Because what Shohei Otani is doing is historic. Forget Babe Ruth in the history of baseball, finding a player who can both hit at the top of the lineup, finding a player who can start the all-star game and lead off the all-star game, finding a player who can pitch effectively and lead the league in home runs. You got yourself an MVP. Does that mean that every year, if he's going to be a two-way player, which I told you I don't think he should be, and I'm sticking to that, does that mean he automatically gets the MVP every year? Or do you just give it to him once because of the novelty? But what about next year if he pitches again and hits again and hits 40 bombs? Does that mean he's permanently the MVP? With all respect to Andre Dawson, who you know I personally love and care about, winning the MVP for a last-place team, or a non-playoff team, it's doable, but not in the case when you've got a player who can win the triple crown the way Vladimir Guerrero can. Now, all of you analytics people say the triple crown doesn't mean anything anymore. Who cares about average and home runs and RBI? It's about war and war plus and UFC and DNA and LSD. It's only about W. If you can win the Triple Crown and bring your team through a September rush of victories and make the playoffs, you're the most valuable player. You are the player. And people could say George Springer is more valuable for the Blue Jays. People could say that Hernandez is super valuable and how great it is to have Ryu and Robbie Ray could win the Cy Young and a lot of good players. But Vladimir Guerrero is leading major leagues in home runs with 44. He's tied for fourth and runs batted in with 102. He's hitting about 318, which is first. That's the MVP. I understand that what Otani is doing is historic, but if Vladimir Guerrero has taken a team north of the border, put them on his back after he worked to take care of his body, after he proved the doubters wrong and has stayed healthy and has performed at an extremely young age, he already has more home runs. Is this right, Coca? I could be wrong. I think he has more home runs right now than his father ever had in his Hall of Fame career. Is that right? 
Well, it is the year of the home run. Although we were told they were deadening the balls. We're going to have to revisit that, aren't we? Remember the wait to see that I said home runs will be down because the balls are a little deadened? I haven't looked at the stats, whether home runs are down from last year. I just know that Vladimir Guerrero is leading his team to the promised land. If you're not watching the Blue Jays, check them out. They are a team that just continues to win. They're a team that, uh, oh, Vladimir Sr., thank you, Coca, had 44. So he's tied. Wait, didn't Vladimir hit his 45th last night? I think he did, which means that he now has hit more home runs than his dad ever hit. That is remarkable. They were not my pick of the day, though. The Yankees weren't either. The Yankees were down 5 nothing and came back. They came back in uh, against Minnesota. If, if I'm the president of the Minnesota Twins, I just don't ever want to play the Yankees. Forget the fact that now I'm not even going to be above 500 this year. Forget the fact that I should have won that division. I'm not going to make the playoffs. I'm totally DBR, despondent beyond repair. But I just know that I just don't beat the Yankees. It's such a mental thing, even though it's totally different players. But they can't win. They were up 5 nothing and lost. That was a huge, huge win for the New York Yankees. They're calling it a season-changing win. That's what you do when you're not playing well and you're still holding on to a playoff spot, when you have a comeback win. The Yankees were 0-35, down four runs, and now they're 1-35. and The only, The only remaining team that has not come back from a four-run deficit all season is the Miami Marlins. I think they're 0-35 as well. So I had the pick of the day, but it was the Ravens and it didn't win. 116 and 99 is our record. We're going to go to baseball tonight because there's no football and there's a game that I like because Jake Arrieta is pitching. And when Jake Arrieta is pitching, you go against Jake Arrieta. He's now in the Padres. The Padres can't score. The Padres can't win. And they're putting a guy in the mound who gives up seven runs a game. And you're playing against the Giants. Now, you may be saying the Giants just clinched a playoff spot. The San Francisco Giants, with their guaranteed manager of the year. Hey, I haven't read one thing about who is favored to win manager of the year in the National League. But I'm going to do a bonus wait to see here, Coca. Gabe Kapler is your manager of the year. And Farhan, their general manager, is your general manager of the year. He's the president of baseball ops, but he's your executive of the year. It's not even a question to me. The Giants were supposed to fade all year. They never did. The baseball season is supposed to actually. They are supposed to separate greatness from mediocrity. The length of the season is supposed to let the people rise to the top and the teams rise to the top. I expected the Giants. They got to fade. How can they not fade? And they never did. They clinched a playoff spot last night in a win. They celebrated. They need to win that division, though. They're still leading the Dodgers. Both teams are over 90 wins already. The Giants partied last night like it's 1999. So they are ripe for a letdown, right? No, Gabe Kapler won't let it happen. Giants over the Padres. We're 116 and 99. I was reading yesterday about the NBA. The NBA is trying to figure out what to do. They want money. So the reason why all these leagues are trying to figure out how to get extra money is because of COVID, because of the lost season of revenue. In some cases, the lost season and a half of revenue. Even though that the NBA had an agreement on 
NBA player salary, even though it's tied to revenue, they artificially inflated the salary cap in basketball. They've done a lot of things that is that have been very good for the game, but they've actually put owners in a position. They're not poor. You don't have to start worrying about them, but they are in a position where they are behind in some debt payments. Their revenue levels did not cover their expenses. They've had to go to other sources of funds to cover shortfalls. Each commissioner is considering how to deal with that for his owners. That's why MLB is looking at expansion. Take the expansion fees. Looking to add playoff rounds. Looking to do anything to raise more revenue. The NBA has a competition committee like the one in baseball. And they came up with a concept that they want to sell to the players. And the concept is an in-season tournament. Hmm. Let's think about this, all you EPL fans and football fans. And I don't mean NFL. I'm talking about across the pond. I say soccer. You say football. We all say in-season tournament. All these teams, whether you're Tottenham or Chelsea or Liverpool, you have games in your league. And then all of a sudden in the middle of the season, boom, people leave. Remember the players who snuck into Brazil to play for a World Cup qualifying game? Can you imagine American basketball players wanting to play extra games for their country or for their team that didn't count toward an NBA championship, that didn't count toward rings so you can approach Jordan and Bill Russell, et cetera. The NBA wants to do an in-season tournament because they have found a way because all of the networks are so desperate for content because Jeff Bezos will bid anything for content. That's right, Jeff, content, nothing personal, content. Amazon wants content. Imagine in the middle of an NBA season, the NBA stops, drops, and rolls into an in-season tournament, takes two weeks off. Do they do it by country? Do they do it by team? Where they just take teams, the Dallas Mavericks will play the Los Angeles Lakers. We're going to have playoffs, but it's not the playoffs. It's actually a tournament. And the winner of the tournament is going to get a special cup that they can hold over their head. It's not the trophy, the finals trophy. I don't remember who the NBA finals trophy is named after. It used to be the Larry O'Brien trophy. Maybe the MVP is the Bill Russell MVP of the NBA finals. And it's still the Larry O'Brien trophy. Can't remember, but I think that's right. But suffice it to say, in the middle of a season, you're not going to get that. So they're going to make up another trophy. They're going to go to the networks and say, hey, we've got games that fans are going to watch because they're not boring regular season games on a random Tuesday night. These are games that matter. And if you are a Knicks fan and you can't win a title since 1973, but you get hot during a two-week in-season tournament, boom, parade time. We are the champion time. Do you know what the NBA players are going to say to that? G. M-A-B. 
Give me a break. NBA players, the kings of load management, literally the kings of it. They want to play less than not more. They want more off days, not fewer. They want to save themselves for the playoffs because they're judged on rings. Their legacy is based on rings. Their free agency is based on performance in the playoffs to a large degree. I wonder whether NBA owners will say, hey, we didn't make the playoffs, but we won that in-season tournament and you were a superstar for those two weeks. I'm giving you a max deal. Come on. How could the NBA think that the players would ever agree to an in-season tournament? Wait for it, because here it comes. Money. Money. Money, money, money. They're going to pay them. They're going to pay them extra. And they're going to say, you know what? We're going to keep your salaries the same. We're going to cut the regular season down from 82 games. We're going to insert this in-season tournament. And we're going to pay you for winning. So you better try. We're going to pay you for just doing it. So you better show up. It's the only way, isn't it? So the NBA has to go to the broadcast partners and say, hey, um, we're going to go to the union with this in-season tournament thing. However, in addition to the owners getting all of this money, and do you know what I know about this? Because what do you think the World Baseball Classic is? The World Baseball Classic in baseball was a way for baseball to try to figure out how to copy the Champions League, the Champions Cup, the all the cups in football trying to find a way to make up for the fact that baseball was not in the Olympics, trying to find a way to make up for the fact that baseball would never send MLB players to the Olympics because they couldn't stop the season because owners, not one owner would vote to allow major league players in the summer Olympics. Not one, not giving away my player to go pitch for a country that doesn't count for me getting a world series ring. Forget about it. Americans are not that way. Much as we say we're all patriotic and we wrap ourselves in the flag, we really don't care all that much, do we? Just go to a World Cup game. Watch a World Cup game between two countries and you'll see the difference. So NBA owners are in no way going to accept an in-season tournament without seeing what the dollar signs are. They're not going to accept the in-season tournament until they have a pre-arranged deal with the players. And the way that pre-arranged deal comes is the way we did the World Baseball Classic. We said to players, hey, we'll pay you extra. You don't make money during spring training. We'll give you a little cash flow. And we'll give money to the federations of the countries that you play for, whether you're Israel or whether you're Amsterdam, Dominican, even Cuba, believe it or not. When Coke and I were preparing for this show and we were talking about the in-season tournament, he laughed. And he reminded me of LeBron James and how angry LeBron was with the whole play-in stuff. Remember that? And I said the play-in was a way to see that the play-in will continue. Well, the play-in is continuing that way to see was right. LeBron didn't like the idea of having to play in. If you're the seventh or eighth seed, you're in. That was at the time the Lakers were the seventh and eighth seed. And if they lost the playing tournament, they would not get the playoffs and have a chance to repeat, which of course they didn't repeat because the Bucs won. How do you think LeBron's going to feel 
Well, you're saying he may be retired by the time it happens. You're saying he may not care about the younger generation of players, but I disagree. He cares deeply. He wants to put the league in a better position than it was in. There is no way that he will play in an in-season tournament. You know what? I'm going to do it as a wait to see. How about that? I think the NBA will get this deal done, and here's why. Because they will go to the players' union in the NBA, and they will say that we are going to increase your sharing revenue amount. Here's the distributions we're going to give to your players. And on top of that, we're going to shorten our 82-game season. I think if the players are given that option, because baseball, the World Baseball Classic, the season's still 162. You get to leave spring training, but players actually don't mind being in spring training. They don't want to report as early, but they don't mind. I'm going to give you a little quick wait to see here, okay? It's not going to be next year, so this depends on how long nothing personal lasts, which depends solely on you. The NBA season is going to end up being shortened, and the in-season tournament is going to come to pass. And I only believe that because of the desperation for content providers to get more content, the desperation for owners to get more money, the desperation for players to get more money. And when you combine those levels of desperation, you got yourself an in-season tournament. You just wait to see. I appreciate your time today. I do not take it for granted. That is our show. We will be back tomorrow. I promise you that because it's just business. This is nothing personal. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.